Well, hey, friends, welcome to Halfway There. Eric Nevins here. I am your host, and we're going to get the show started in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you about something that I've been creating uh, because I've been creating it with you in mind. But before I just started running, um, you know, an ad or something for it to get you to go over there and check it out, I wanted to just share something a little more personal with you because I value our relationship. I value the fact that you download every week and listen to to these conversations that we're having and um and so I wanted to just share with you something I've been I've been doing and kind of why I've been doing it. So, uh you know about me, I went to Bible College at Trinity uh, International University. Um I sort of graduated in 2000 and then I eventually ended up in Finnish Seminary here in Denver Seminary uh in 2009. But all of that was driven for me by a question about how do we grow in our experience with God? How do we grow to be more Christ-like? And why don't we sometimes see that happening? Well, uh, one of my convictions as I was exploring that topic was that we often tell each other to read our Bibles and pray. And I love that. It's it's brilliant advice. Um, But it doesn't always get fleshed out with uh, like, how do you do that? You know, I had to go to college and get a degree in biblical studies to really learn how to study the Bible. Although other people had shown me some things, I didn't, I didn't get it until I was really had to, had to dig into it in a serious way. Um, and I didn't really learn how to, how to pray or how to be quiet, um, explore things besides intercessory prayer until, I became, I I went to seminary. So um, that's a really long time for a kid who grew up in the church. And it kind of, honestly, it kind of bothers me. It just makes me a little bit, a little bit annoyed. Um, I should say, you know, there are, there are lots of good programs out there to teach you things from the Bible and they're all very, they're very good. I I respect that. Um, It's great. But what I, what I also realized is that there's, or what I learned eventually was that there is this other way of, interacting with scripture that's not just up in your head it's a little more into your heart and so i've wanted for a long time to create an eight-day experience for people like you um, or people who are maybe been they've done all the bible studies they've done the long ones they've done the really deep and and things that you know take them an hour a day or half hour a day um well because it fed them like that's that's great but maybe you're starting to feel like hey i would like to do something new. I would like to experience this in a different, um, in a different way. Well, okay. That's, that's what I've been trying to create. So what I did is I put together the first eight day experience. It's on Mark one 40 through 45. And this whole thing, I love this passage. I literally spent the entire year of 2018 in the book of Mark and this passage in one 40 through 45, small little interaction Jesus has, but I was there for a really long time. I kept coming back to it, going over it, saying, there's something here for me. And I decided to share that in an eight-day experience. So um, basically, eight-day experience is just it's a PDF download that you can get from my website. And uh, all you do is you download it. It's really easy. I'm not interested in telling you what to what to do every day. Um, or on what schedule to do it on. Uh, you know, I never really finished those kind of big, long Bible studies and I have it for a really long time. I didn't design a study that works that way for you. All you have to do, it's, it's eight different experiences, um, in one passage. And if you let this one passage just kind of pour over your heart over and over and over again, 
I liken it to the Colorado River running down the uh, middle of the Grand Canyon, exposing the landscape, shaping the landscape as it goes. And you can just let God shape you uh, through through uh, this particular passage. So that's what it's getting at. And, um, you know, probably the best thing is just to have you try it. If you go out to halfwaytherepodcast.com slash eight day experience, and you can spell that out or, or just use the number halfwaytherepodcast.com slash eight day experience and uh, pick it up. And so uh, I hope you like it. You know, there is also a course if you want to want to do a little bit more that I put together. Um, you can get videos of me telling, telling you, I know you're, you're an audio person if you're listening to this. So there's audio you can download and take with you. Um, there's email reminders that go with that. So, and there's also a Facebook group, so you can have a community, um, as we, as we get going, I'm looking forward to building that up. So anyway, I don't know what you're doing, what your plans are for the new year in your Bible study, but I hope that it will include eight day experience at some point this year. Um, this is just the first one I plan to make this an entire series, but I wanted to give you a personal invitation to check it out. Uh, again, eight day or halfway there podcast.com slash eight day experience. And that'll be the place to get it. So friends, I got a lot of other cool things to help you along the journey. Um, this is kind of the passion that God's given me and I want to, I want to help you out. So um, I want to serve those of you who are ready for something a little bit more. And I think this will do it. That's what I'm hearing from my friends who have tried it. Okay. That's enough about that. Hey, we've got a show to play here. Why don't we do that? Um, thanks a lot for listening and here we go. friends, welcome to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. You know that. Thank you for being here. My name is Eric Nevins. I am your host, and I am deeply grateful that you've chosen to download and listen to this conversation. I hope that it encourages you. In fact, I know it will. So uh, before we get started, I just want to remind you, go ahead and go out to Apple Podcasts if you haven't done this already. And leave us a review and a rating. It's um, something that helps Apple know that people are listening to the show and lets them know that uh, they should show it to more people, whether it's in the rankings or elsewhere. I uh, would really appreciate that if you would do that. Um, today, my guest is an author and a confidence coach and um, a, a speaker. And so I think you're going to be really blessed by him, Daniel Gomez. Daniel, welcome to Halfway There. Eric, thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to be on your show, and I'm honored, and uh, I'm excited to just spend some time with you and fellowship and add value to your audience. So let's do this. I'm I'm, I'm excited. It's Friday, right? It's Friday, so let's do it. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we're the day we're talking is Friday. When episodes always come out on a Monday, so you never know, and you never know in podcasting. That's the weird thing, right? Who knows when people are listening to it in the gym or on in the car, or whatever. But uh, whenever it's convenient or in their in their cube, I used to listen to so many hours of pod, podcasts in my cubicle. That was uh, that was a lot. But anyway, so wherever you guys are, thank you for being here, Daniel. So you and I ran into each other at a at a conference. I've I've talked about this conference because uh, I've been ha talking to people that I met there, and um, 
it'd be like one day, I think it was the last day, we were walking in and you were getting ready to give your pitch and you had this big sign for your book. And uh, we just started talking and, and connected and felt like uh, what you're doing is really cool. And uh, you're a fellow believer. And I was encouraged to to kind of just want to share some of your heart and your, your message uh, with my friends here. So uh, why don't, you. yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing now? I get, you know, gave the big categories, but take us into some of what you're doing. Well, you know, it's an exciting time in my life. I think once for the first time in a long time, I'm excited about living life. And I think most of us, we get stuck in that same old routine, that same old rut of working nine to five or working at our job that we're not happy with because we think that's the only way to go. And, you know, um, when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer last year, uh, it's actually, it was a year anniversary this month. Um, it just was a real eye opener. I resigned from my corporate job and, you know, took care of her. And then I found myself nothing to do. So I started reading. <laughs> yeah. And I started reading Thinking Grow Rich. And uh, in the book, Thinking Grow Rich, the first couple of the chapters, it tells you to write down your definite chief purpose. As I wrote this definite chief purpose down, it really like just kind of spoke to me. And it talks about saying this, this saying, this purpose every day. I came across Bruce Lee's and I was a big fan of Bruce Lee when I was a kid. And uh, when I found Bruce Lee's deep chef, deep, um, chef, the <laughs> definite chief aim, I was like, you know, this is pretty awesome. And it just really put a fire inside of me. And now, um, you know, one thing led to another. Yeah. What was Bruce Lee's? What does it, what does it say? Well, Bruce Lee's, I, and I still remember it pretty much. It says, I, Bruce Lee, will be the highest paid oriental actor in the Americas. By 1980, I will have $10 million in my account, and I will be the most sought-after Oriental actor. Wow. Something to that extent. And uh, it just ministered to me. I just So I kind of mimicked that. And uh, the book, Thinking Grow Rich, says you got to recite this every single day. And it's like, okay. And I've been doing that. Well, because I, I started doing that, I ended up being a John Maxwell certified speaker and coach. And uh, as I went to this first conference that I went to at John Maxwell, it was just like, wow. Like, I was like, ah, like, you know, you meet authors, you meet, I don't want to say celebrities, but it was pretty amazing just to be surrounded. It's kind of like New Media Summit. You meet people that that you can tell like, that they're, they're on, on, on another level. So I felt good. I, I felt like I wasn't the only crazy one in the morning to say that I was happy and wanted to accomplish something great. It was like, being with like-minded people oh, yeah. and I remember seeing an author there and uh, I was like, wow, I, I, I thought to myself, how cool would it be to write a book? Well, Eric, to be honest with you, I never, if you would have asked me this question last year that I would have a bestseller on Amazon, I would have told you you're lying and you're crazy. And by the grace of God, he woke me up at three o'clock in the morning for two months and I just wrote what I could write for the day. And um, my book actually hasn't even launched yet on the ebook version. And uh, I sold a couple of couple of books here locally in the city um, because I ordered about 200 copies for myself just to have for my book launch and for my, I have a conference coming up that I'm going to be speaking on leadership on. And uh, I got the biggest compliment. I One of my accounts, one of my corporate accounts, Mr. Henry Finley, we were talking and I said, Hey, sir. So, uh, 
what's your biggest takeaway about the book? And I asked him that on purpose because he's in the book. He's in chapter one, Confidence. Oh, nice. And you know what he said, Eric? He said, I think the biggest thing that I got that I really like, Daniel, is the fact that you weren't scared to write about God. Wow. And but just think about what I said. I wrote about him because of his confidence. So for a confident man to see God, and I don't know his relationship with God. I'm not, but my, 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 my takeaway was like, no matter how confident a man may be or a person in some way or form, we're seeking God no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. Like, does, that, does that make sense what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's super important. So that's interesting. So you so that kind of launched you on a new on a new trajectory. Yeah, I yeah. mean it, it's uh it's been amazing. It's been uh it's just it just my my purpose in life is my mission for my for my organization for my business. Um, Daniel Gomez inspires is uh to bring to bring value to the valueless, to give hope to the hopeless, and to breathe life into the lifeless. Because there's so many of us out there that are hurting, that we undervalue ourselves. And um, I had this lady call me yesterday. She goes, hey, I bought your book at a networking event. I loved it. And um, a friend of mine wanted to read it, but I told her, no, I'm not done reading it. She wanted to share the book is what she said. Give me the book when you're done. She goes, you know what? I really, the more I got into your book, the more it inspired me. She goes, so can you meet me somewhere? I want to buy five books. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I go, where do you live? And, you know, by the grace of God, she lives actually down the street, down the highway a little bit. But it just, I mean, so think about, I just thought about that. I said, man, somebody's calling me to come get my book. I was just like, it was, <laughs> you know how you hear that saying surreal? Yep. And and I say that because it, it's it's just a, a, a surreal moment. And it took me longer. It took me started writing the book in May, Eric. And when I started writing the book in May, I really didn't have an idea. I, I really didn't even know what I was going to write. I just knew that God put it in my heart to do something. So I did my outline. And the more I started writing, the more I started writing about God and people's in my life that I had through the past, I mean, through my whole life. And it just spoke from my heart. I wrote from yeah. my heart. And some days I would write one paragraph. Some days I would write eight pages. It just my homework assignment was to try to do one page a day. But as I wrote more and more, just these stories came out of people that impacted my life and um, God was in it. And You Were Born to Fly is the title of the book, but I, it, was by, it wasn't my first choice, but that's what God wanted. And um, it, my, the whole book was, to be on, was kind of supposed to be surrounded around confidence. Because one of my keynotes, is on confidence called be original, be the best you. Well, when, when I had to turn in my 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 um, titles to the publisher, he's like, "Well, um, give me five names you want to call your book." Well, I gave him be original, be the best you. I don't even know where you were born. A fly came out of, and some other titles. He goes, "You know what?" He goes, "I don't normally do this, but I think I want to do a subtitle for your book." So I'm like, "Great, what is it going to be?" He goes, you were born to fly. Be original, be the best. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not it. I do that. <laughs> like, why? Because be original needs to be first. Because, well, just think about it. Pray about it. And now I see that God had his hand on this, Eric. And 
you were born a fly is born and it's flying on its own with God's grace. Yeah, that's so cool. So uh, let's talk more about that in just a minute, but I want to talk more about your story and how you got here. So take us back. Uh, did you, so when you grew up, uh, were you, did you grow up in a Christian family or how did you, how did you find Jesus? You know, um, I was, I was a young, as I was a young man, I was, I started, when I graduated from high school, I was pretty much broke. Um, my mom passed away when I was 10 years old. So, and where were we you? Really, I was 10. Where, where were you? Where was I? I yeah. was, when my mom passed away. Oh, what's, what city? San Antonio. Okay, great. Yeah, I was, I'm pretty much born and raised in San Antonio. So when she passed away when I was 10, me and my dad moved to San Marcos, which is about an hour away. It's actually between here and Austin, where we were at in, in the New Media Summit. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we moved around a lot, never really had a steady place. And, you know, my dad just did the best way what he could. Well, as I graduated from school, I found myself um, not really knowing what to do. I didn't want to. I got accepted to UT Austin, but I didn't want to go there. Just said, no. Well, God blessed me with a good job at an interior landscaping company and I moved up. Well, then as I was moving up, when I turned about 26 years old, my dad um, was diagnosed with cancer. So during that time, from my 20, 20, 20th birthday to my 26th birthday, my sister would always say, you need God in your life, you need to go to church. And I'd be like, you're crazy. Like, I would see her and I would be like, you're worse off than I am, so why do I need your God? That's kind of what I would tell her. I mean, and I would tell her that. And, um, you know, because, you know, she just kind of never, I think financially, she just never got her financial numbers together, right? You know what I mean? And I love my sister, but it just never, kind of never, she she was never good, I guess, balancing the checkbook is the best way to put it. Mm, yeah. So me being the little brother, I was always the one carrying the load financially for everybody to say, well, and I would tell her that, but I would, you know, there'd be times I'd go with her to church just to kind of have her be quiet. And I'll never forget one time when the pastor said, you know, God has great plans for you, young man. And promotions coming your way. And I don't know why, Eric, but I believe him. And I never forget that feeling. Well, fast forward two years, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And they gave him uh, three weeks to live. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I came home, I think, that night, and we, I just cried. And uh, as I was going downstairs, I um, went outside. There was a big old planter box outside. And I just started crying. And um, I just said, you know, God, I know there's a God. I believe in a God. I go, I don't know you. I go, but if you help my dad, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And I just cried out to him. That's all I said. Those are my words. Wow. So I ended up forgetting something upstairs and I went back upstairs and my dad was crying still from everything. And I said, dad, it's going to be okay. I go, I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. So I went home and I ended up getting pretty plastered that night. And I remember I, I went to bed and I was, was, I was, I was, you know, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't tipsy. I was drunk. And I remember I woke up the next day and I wasn't myself anymore. I felt different. 
And my wife thought I was crazy. And I just, all of a sudden, I started talking about God. And she's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, nothing. Why? She goes, what's, she goes, you're just acting different. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, an, it wasn't a gradual change for me that for, when I became to know God, Eric, it was a, it was a punch in the face, wake up and let's go. And it was a nine day transition for me. Hmm. And um, by his grace, he just did it. And I remember I went back the next day and there were some women there that were praying for my dad. And they're like, well, you need to get out of the room because you don't believe and you need to have faith that we were, your dad can be healed. And I was like, you know, I go, no, I believe I'll pray. And um, we prayed with my dad and I felt different. I felt at the time, like I said, I was 26 years old. My marriage was, I mean, I was married. I was happily married, but I was, I was being married and being everywhere else too. You no, know? I was just, I was, we had a, my daughter and we were just, I was just living life. And, you know, like I said, financially, I was doing really well for being 26, money in the bank. And, but I realized at that moment in my life that no matter how much money I had in the bank, it wasn't going to heal my dad. And I told God, if you serve, if you heal my dad, I'll serve you the rest of my life. And he didn't get healed, but God did give me another whole year with him. So I ended up resigning from my job where I was working at. And um, we opened up a piñata store, Eric. Out of all things, me and my dad, uh, I went and bought a big old, um, kind of like a U-Haul truck with a Morgan box in the back. And we'd go down to Mexico and buy piñatas and my dad would go with me. And I'll never forget one day, my dad had just had chemotherapy. And that day, like two, that following day, we had to go back to Mexico. And I had, I was getting sick and I had, the, I, I, I came down with the flu. And then we were driving from here to Laredo, Texas, and I couldn't make it. I, I literally was just shaking and shivering from the fever. And um, my dad goes, just pull over. And I was like, no, dad, I'll be okay. And I'm glad I did, because now we would have probably wrecked, to be honest with you, because that's how bad I felt. And I'll never forget my dad goes, just pull over. He told me again. And this time he said it in his dad voice, you know? So when, mm -hmm. when my dad said it in his dad voice, I listened. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And I pulled over and, and after he passed away, I thought about that day. How shitty he could have, he felt from chemo, from being drained. He probably felt worse than I did. He did. I mean, I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah. But he did what any father would do, and he sucked it up, and he drove us two hours back home. And I think talking to you about it right now, it's that's the way God loves us. He, mm -hmm. he sucks up our failures. He sucks up our disappointments that, that he sees in us. And regardless of what flaws we have as human beings, he loves us and he picks us up. He drives us home. Yeah, that's fantastic. Wow. Sounds like your dad was a really uh, giving guy. You know, he uh, he was an amazing gentleman. He was an amazing man. And in the Hispanic culture, you know, he was real machismo. Um, but, uh, you know, it just... It, that, um, I've never looked at that, not, 
it's until now that we're really talking about it. How he drove us home that day. And yeah. It's the same way God drives us home. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Wow, thanks for that story. Okay, so it sounds like for you it was a pretty dramatic turnaround fairly quickly when you found Christ. Yes, I did, and he blessed me. I just, my, going back to my wife, like, you crazy, right? She's like, we went to church, and I told her to write a check for $120. She's like, why am I going to pay to go to church? So, you know, I, I kind of put my foot down on that pretty quick. I said, look, I don't know. Just trust me. we got to give to God. I thought it was the right thing to do in my heart. So I've always tithed. I've always given. But as I, as my my father ended up passing away, and as I passed away, I, I got depressed. My son was born, and um, I stayed home for like two months to care of my son. And I watched a lot of Blue's Clues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, I came back to go to work. I took a job I didn't really care for, but I took it because it was a job. And um, I met a, my spiritual father there, Dan Segovia. He mentored me in the Word and really grew me up as a as a as a young man of God. And he prophesied over me, and everything came true. And I ended up moving up in the car business where I spent my last eighteen years. But as God was blessing me, like I said, I've always tied, I've always given, but my heart faded away from God because. As I moved up and became the leader of organizations, everything came easy. Yeah. Okay. I want I want to hear about that, but I want to go back because you said you found a mentor who was mentoring you in Christ. Tell us about that experience. Like, what are the kind of things, like one or two things that you learned from him? And that really kind of blew you away. The one thing that I got that I hated is he taught me how to fast. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. I'm a big believer in, in, I used to be an avid faster and um, it just connects you with God because it kills your, it kills your carnal man. It kills your carnal man and and it really, you really feel Christ in you. And um, because it puts your, it puts your selfishness, yourself away. Yeah. And something that Dan always taught me that he said, um, he he preached to me that he mentored me on was, you know, we are Christ, the hope of glory. And I don't believe that most people realize that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't think, I, I think they hear it. I think just the way they hear it, like our father's, our father's prayer, you know, the, our father who art in heaven, they, everybody repeats it, but they don't really understand the meaning. They don't really dissect the prayer. And I think when people say, you know what, you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? that we really do have the power of Christ Jesus in us that transforms and moves mountains. And that power of Christ lives with inside of us, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if that's true, we would grasp it and we would have victory every day of our lives. But if we look at not just unbelievers, but even many Christians, they're just to the point of salvation. And we never really tap into that power as believers that we have that hidden secret, that hidden gem that lies dormant there because we don't, we don't realize that we have it. Yeah. And he taught me that. Absolutely. He taught me that. Wow. That's interesting. I think, uh, fasting is definitely a huge thing. I, I think any kind of practice, we, we had to approach it the right way, um, to, to trust that we're not earning God's favor, but we're disciplining our body 
in order to be in his presence um is really super important and that's that's interesting that that was a thing that you that you learned and really helped you grow well you, well, you know i think because it it teaches you obedience mm-hmm. it teaches you obedience to god and what i mean by that is um there's a scripture in the bible i i i, I don't know where exactly where it is but i think it's in first samuel it talks about obedience is better than sacrifice and it's not the fact that you're sacrificing your food or you're sacrificing what you're eating. It's the fact that you're being obedient to what God wants you to do. And it's it's amazing how that spirit of obedience, we, we seem to want to rebel against it. And I'm going to tell you, you know, at this stage in my life, I don't know why, but I, I, I know why, but. Guess what God has me doing, Eric? What? Cleaning up restrooms. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I I uh, I'm a trash picker, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I'll go into a bathroom, and you know there's paper towels everywhere on the floor, water everywhere. And I tried to leave one time when at church, and he's like, "You're really gonna leave that mess there?" And I was. I have a tendency. I I, I pick up the trash. I, so we park in a parking lot and there's an empty cup there or there's a trash can. I pick it up. It just, but he's teaching me obedience. He goes, if you can't, I can't trust you by you picking up what I asked you to pick up on trash. How can I trust you with, with millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And I was listening to a service yesterday and I was talking about how, um, it's a pastor out of, out of Oklahoma, Todd. He's an awesome young Asher coming up full of life, full of God's spirit. And he was talking about how sometimes as Christians, we we get that promise and we're excited about the promise where God's taking us to. He gives us a vision, but we stop doing what God asks us to do because we focus more on the vision and the promise and we do where God has us planted at the moment time. Yeah. yeah we, stop doing the, we stop doing the things we need to do. And I said, you know, that's why God has me picking up trash. I might be a speaker. I might be a coach. But guess what? I still pick up trash because God tells me to be obedient. Mm, wow. So picking up trash is a spiritual discipline for you. The obedience part is just, I guess, yeah. just being obedient. Yep, absolutely. That's that's fantastic. Okay. So take us into, you said you started working and, um, you know, you had you had this career in, in the car business. Um, but you said your heart was kind of kind of wandering there. Tell, tell us about that and what happened. Well, I think it's like gaining weight. I think nobody wants to gain weight. Nobody wants to. Everybody wants to be in shape. And one day you wake up and guess what? Your suit doesn't fit you the same. Your <laughs> pants don't close on you the same. It just you don't have that same feeling. Whether you put on a suit or a dress for women, and um, it happens by accident. Not by accident, but you don't see it because you see yourself every day in the mirror. And the same way that you see yourself in the mirror every day, you look the same, but little by little, you're not the same person outside. Well, the same happens inside too, Eric. As you go up the corporate ladder, you get a little bit more power, a little bit more influence. Um, you do good for the first, you know, I can say from the point I got saved of 26 at probably like for five years, six years to the age of 32, I served God with all my heart. And I think little by little, you just kind of 
you know, you do one thing and you feel guilty, you kind of condemn yourself. And, but then next thing you know, you start living the life that you shouldn't be living. And for me, it was, uh, just, you know, quit drinking for like five years. I didn't drink anything at all. No beer, no alcohol. And, um, all of a sudden when I was not all of a sudden, but gradually by the age of 32, 33, I started drinking, you know, wine again and then beer. And then, um, next thing you know, it just, you're, you're kind of, you're living one foot in one foot out. And then as I became the main <clears throat> general sales manager and managers at these dealerships, it's just, everybody caters to you. And what I mean by that, you know, here in, San Antonio, we have our Spurs. Like, hey, you want Spurs tickets? Yeah. And you're talking about $200 Spurs, a seat Spurs tickets, you know? And so everybody, besides what you work for, no one, there's not a lack for anything. Whether it's entertainment, going out to eat, whatever you need, let me know. You know, and not that I abuse the system. I never took money or anything, but, you know, they bring you, they, they would buy the, the team lunch or they would, you know, like I said, they just kind of take you out for entertainment wise and you forget who your provider is. Yeah. And I, and, um, my heart changed. I didn't see it though. I ended up leaving one of my dealerships, um, Chevrolet dealerships, not in good terms. And I was angry, resentful. I took half, I took some of the employees with me, went to another dealership and, but I just never had that peace. And, um, then another dealership called me last year and I went there and I said, you know, it's a beautiful dealership, nice, top of the line, brand new. I said, but guess what? I still wasn't happy there. But I didn't realize that until my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer that she got depressed on me. Um, I ended up resigning Eric from my job to take care of her. And, um, as the, as the busyness went away, um, work went away, employees went away, used cars went away, checking in this, friends went away, going out went away. So after all these layers of busyness went away, it was Daniel looking at himself in the mirror. And Daniel didn't like at all what he saw. Yeah, describe that for us. Like, really take us into that. You know, the, you know, what word comes to mind is he was a monster. And what I mean by he was a monster is he was a monster, not because he was really mean to anybody as a fact. Like, I mean, not that he was not, not that that monster would lash out or nothing, but he just didn't care. He was numb. And I think sometimes when you're numb, it's even worse because you just, you, you, you don't respect other people's feelings in a sense. And as I look back, I was, I was, I was numb. I was cocky. I've always been confident, but I had the wrong confidence to where it was arrogance. And I realized that probably for the last two or three years of my life, I had suppressed my family because being the leader of an organization, you come home and instead of being that loving father, that loving husband and telling your family that you love them, you just, you know, you, you, you figure you spend 10 hours at work telling everybody what to do and let's do this, let's do that. And then you get home. But my mindset never disengaged from who I was at work. Yeah, that's easy to do. But it can be really damaging to your relationships. Yeah. And uh, I think it really hit me um, 
we had a gentleman come pray for my wife and they said, well, do you mind if, <laughs> let me, let me rewind her real quick. I said, do you mind if we pray for your wife? And I'm like, I'm like, in my mind, I was like, why would he ask that? But I go, yeah, well, it, yeah, why would I mind? He goes, no, we're just asking. But I think he asked me, Eric, because he could see that, that I wasn't, I guess the, 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 the spirit, the obvious, the, the vibe I was given, it wasn't a godly vibe. Now that I look back at that last November day, hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember we prayed that day and uh, he goes, you know, God's going to give you a new heart. And I was like, thanks. Hey, thank you. And I just, I don't know. It just, the Holy spirit came over us that day. We were praying here at the house and, Cause I believe in God. I mean, I believe me. I, I know God's word. I, 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 I studied it. I know it. Like I said, I fasted it. It's, I, I know what is, what he's like. I know him. And, um, I think at night I felt God's love for the first time. Wow. I thought it was a moment, probably like this was in November of last year. I thought of a moment, probably like around maybe this time last year, as a matter of fact, last September. I was crying in my bedroom one day. We were in bed watching TV and I just teared up. And my wife goes, what's wrong? And I was like, you know, I, I started thinking back. Like I said, I, I didn't need that Chevrolet dealership in good terms. I said, I feel like a failure because I left wrong. And I said, you know, I don't hear from God anymore. And she's like, well, she calls me Dan sometimes. She goes, Dan. How do you expect to hear from God if you don't spend time with them? And I was like, it would, she was right. So going back to the prayer that we had, I felt something. And I started changing. I would hear the song, um, I want to be different. I can't think as a singer right now, but um, I would hear that song. I would just start crying, Eric. I would just start crying and January came around and me and my son were just talking like the way me and you are talking. And my son goes, Hey dad, can I tell you something? I was like, yeah. And this, he totally caught me from left field. I was like, yeah, what's going on, son? He goes, you know, I like you now. I like hanging out with you. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah. I said, Oh, you don't you didn't like hanging out with me before or what? I just, that came out of my mouth. And yeah. He goes, you know, dad, no. He goes, you weren't, you weren't a very nice person. And, um, man, that just broke, that just broke, that hit me in the face. It really like, it hurt me, but it made me open my eyes that I was on the right track back to where I needed. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's powerful. Thanks for, for sharing that. It sounds like God has really been doing a lot in you lately. Yeah, he has. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but we had a Bible study. Actually, last night we had a Bible study. And uh, well, it wasn't a Bible study. It was a men's group. There was like 40 of us at church. And the guys called the gathering of men. And we were just talking. And one of the guys said something. And it made me think of my son. Cause he's out, he's in Texas state university right now. He's out there in, in his freshman year of college. And I was just like, somehow it, the same conversation came up, but for another father. 
and they kind of same scenario parallel. But something that, that we talked about in our gathering of men was how awesome is it that as a father, you can create an environment where your son isn't scared to speak to you that way. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I was like, he spoke up because he finally had an environment that he felt safe at. So that made me feel good. It made me feel like I'm doing something right again. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean to you to be like, uh, you know, moving closer toward God now? You know, I, 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 I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I've just been a big crybaby a lot this year, Eric. <laughs> wow. And, um, and I say that because I just, I think of all the 32, 44, I think of the 12 years that I lost. And I was condemning myself. I honestly was. And then God just reminded me, you know, he goes, you know, he whispered into my ear and that scripture came to mind that I will, I will restore what the locust has eaten. Mm, yeah. And your latter days will be better than your former days. Because to God, there's no time. It says it's for us human beings. We, we're the ones that have a time factor on earth, right? Yep. But to God, there's no, there's no such thing as a time factor. He's, he's not worried about, you know, Hey, you got a podcast at six o'clock. <laughs> Not that he doesn't care, but he doesn't have an essence of time because he is he is time. And um, but he just told me not to worry about it, just to do what I need to do, and he's gonna restore what I lost during those twelve years and more within the less amount of time. Yeah. Wow. And uh, you know, but it was it was, I think as a, I think as a man as a, as a, as a believer. Sometimes we beat ourselves up too much that we actually condemn ourselves and we get stuck in that isolation where we, we beat ourselves up. And God's already saying, come on, Eric, I forgive you. I'm waiting for you at the finish line already. Come on, let's go. Yeah. But we're too busy looking back at the failure that we had. And God's like, okay, Daniel, I already forgave you. Hurry up. <laughs> you right. know? So I want to encourage any men that are out there listening to this podcast there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen. If you remember when the prodigal son woke up in the pig's pen, he said, my father's servants eat better than I do and sleep better than I do. And just imagine this picture of you men out there listening that are, you're wondering, does God really forgive me? Well, here's your answer to that prayer that you've been asking. If yeah. you read the story of the prodigal son, when the prodigal son was didn't want to go home because he didn't know if his father would even accept him. Well, the father had a habit, the Bible says, that he would look out to see if his son was coming. And guess what? One day the prodigal son, he saw him from a distance. The word of God doesn't say that the father stood there and waited for the son to walk up to him. The, the word of God doesn't say that the father was angry at him. The word of God says that the father of the prodigal son representing God ran to meet his prodigal son that was lost. So God is running to you right now to meet you where you're at because he loves you. And you don't have to change anything about you. 
because God's already forgiven you. He's already approved of you. And even though the prodigal son smelled like a pig and was dirty, and you can imagine just his state. Yeah. He held us so tight because he loved them. And yeah. that's what God does to us. Yeah. Amen. Wow, that's a good word. Thank you. Um, okay, I want to know. So that that was that was really beautiful. Um, but I want to move though to um, you're kind of moving into speaking and coaching. Like, how did that come about? Well, um, I had a being in being being um, running dealerships uh, Chevrolet. I would go. We, we we would go give out awards to schools, high schools. So the owner would ask me if I wanted to go. So I'd be like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was time away from the dealership. So time to clear your head. And uh, one of the pep rallies, one of the, one of the assemblies, they were like, um, you want to say something? I was like, well, no, I really, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> and I just felt like God said, what do you mean you don't have anything to say? You do sales meetings every single Monday. You have nothing to say. And that Monday we had just done a, a meeting on attitude. And I said, you know, I, I could say something for five minutes. Well, I, um, she goes, yeah, that'd be great. Whatever. Well, I ended up speaking for like 20 minutes, Eric. I had the kids yelling, jumping, screaming. So then like a week later, I got an email from one of the counselors and the counselor said, um, the mom, she was, she forwarded me the mom's email and it started like this. I would like to know who this car guy is because ever since he came and spoke at the school, EJ has never been the same. EJ looks in the mirror. He tells himself that he loves himself. He tells himself that he's a winner and a champion. And EJ doesn't take off the Chevrolet cap. So when I would go and speak at these schools or give out rewards, I would take our Chevrolet caps with them and I would give out about 10 or so. And, um, I found that email in, in, in December when I was lost at my crossroads, you know. Um, like I said, I was reading, I was reading Think and Grow Rich and didn't know what to do. And when I read that email, I just cried, Eric, because I knew what I was supposed to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that I needed to go and speak to kids or speak to people and bring hope to them. Wow. And um, I found John Maxwell by accident on a Facebook ad and um, just kind of started doing moving forward with no plan really but God guided me along the way and led me to John Maxwell like I said I met some authors and stuff and got my certification and the rest is history yeah I never saw myself as a coach to be honest with you because I just I, I never that wasn't on my in my plan um, but if you look back at it being being a Christian for since I was 26 on and off, I would lead life groups. I would be part of life groups, and we would coach. I was as a life group leader. I was the lead coach to say right. So as I started paying attention to what coaching was, I was like, I've done this before. This is life group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then running dealerships, of course. Well, guess what? You're coaching your employees because you're counseling them half the time. So. That's how I ended up where I'm at, you know, and just kind of um, taking taking action every day, not knowing what to do, but knowing that God is guiding me, trying to do what 
the scripture that comes to me is um Proverbs 16:3 that says uh Daniel and Eric's heart plan their ways. But it's the Lord that directs their steps. Yeah. And I always try to say that prayer every morning. I do miss some mornings, so I'm not gonna say I say it every day, but probably four out of the five of the seven days I say it. And um, but I just take action every day and John Maxwell led to coaching, to speaking, to um, like I said, me being the leader of a dealership, I don't know why. I just God's always put it in my heart to I love I the the, the self-training part of our business, I love doing that. So I would do that for myself for our employees. Just something I had a passion for. And um, so that came natural. So when it came to be an entrepreneur, I gravitated to what I knew first was self-training. So that was part of John Maxwell. So I started training at dealerships, at businesses. And then the dealership part of it, the, the I mean, the, the leadership part of it developed later once I started really studying the material of John Maxwell. But now that I look back, running dealerships, I was a motivational speaker because I spoke every Monday at the meetings. Wow. I was a life coach or confidence coach because I had to instill confidence in my sales team every single week, every single day to all the employees. And I was a trainer because I sales trained almost every week. So I was already doing it and I you just, I didn't realize I was doing it. So it kind of was, it was a natural transition, but I just love the more just kind of really adding value to people because so many people, if you lack confidence, you undervalue yourself. And I think that's something that I struggled with as I transitioned. Like I told you, I was an arrogant, had an arrogant confidence. And, you know, probably around December, January, even into February, I lost my confidence because. I was transitioning from that arrogant person back into who Christ wanted me to be, God wanted me to be. And I was frustrated one day and I remember I go, I don't, I don't feel confident, God. He goes, well, who says you have to be confident when I am confidence? Wow. That's powerful. And God's good with words, isn't he? Yes. He has, he has a way. Daniel, that's a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing it. Um, you know, friends, you can find Daniel. So I, I put a link to his book and his website in the show notes at halfwaytherepodcast.com. And, uh, you know, you can find Daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com. You can check that out uh, if you want to want to see and connect with him and look at some of the things that he offers. Daniel, is there anything you want to leave us with? No, I just want to thank everybody for their time and just to let them know that, you know, um, I really want people to know that God really loves you. Regardless of the mistakes you've made, never undervalue who you are and never let anyone else undervalue who you are. Because in the eyes of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our Father, you are a masterpiece because he created you. And if you need help with anything, um, any of your listeners, Eric, um, Offering, uh, just go to my website, danielgomezspeaker.com, inbox me through there, and you'll get a complimentary 30-minute uh, um, confidence coaching session because, you know, losing my mom, losing my dad, having 
lost three brothers to death. You know, I've, I've been through it. So I would love to, I would be honored to help anybody with a free session that's listening to this podcast. And, um, you know, if you're open to prayer, we can even pray. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that. I think that's a great, uh, great thing to do. Friends, I have a coach. If you don't have a coach, you should find one that fits you. And that might be Daniel. So if you connect with him, please do that. Go to Daniel Gomez speaker. And, uh, you know, even if you just get the free session, it's oftentimes, uh, you know, just unlocking one or two things will, will help a ton. So that's awesome. Daniel, thank you so much for being here. I sure appreciate connecting with you. Eric, thank you so much for having me here. And I pray that God blesses your podcast and may he give you favor and continue to grow it and get up to a million downloads, my brother. Amen. Thank you. Um, tomorrow, that'll work. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Whenever. God has been exceptionally faithful with the podcast and uh, I'm excited to see what he does with it. Thank you for that. Thanks. Thanks, brother. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Hey friends, are you looking for a new kind of Bible study as you start out the year? Do you want to read your Bible a lot more often and not feel guilty about it when you forget or you skip a day or two? Have you ever started a new Bible study and then given up a few a week or less later? What if I told you that this is normal and your lack of motivation or engagement is about the study and not because you don't love Jesus? You really just need an experience that matches where you are in the journey. So I want to tell you about 8-Day Experience, which is my brand new series of Bible experiences that I designed just for you. You could call it a devotional, but it's not like anything you've done before. 8-Day Experience digs deep into one passage. The first one is Mark 1, 40-45, Jesus' experience with a leper. It's small, but it's packed full of insight. It lets you work on your own schedule. Never again feel guilty for not finishing a study on time. It works just as well on 8 consecutive days or once per week. It's also packed full of thought-provoking questions, guaranteed to make you think all day, not just during quiet time. And of course, there's a free Facebook group so that you can have community and encouragement. You're not on your own. The best part is it's affordable. It's only $7.97. That's less than a dollar per day. So if you're looking for a new kind of study or a new kind of Bible experience, as you start the new year, visit halfwaytherepodcast.com slash eight day experience halfwaytherepodcast.com slash eight day experience. I want you to pick it up, give it a try. Let me know how it goes until next time, friends, keep the faith. Mm -hmm.